This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out, and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Hey everybody, it's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And we had so many great questions from you guys in the wilderness. Oh! That we have a bonus episode. So let's just get right down to it. Let's get in it. These are great questions. These are good ones. Yeah. So for our first question, quote, if you miss someone's call and get a voicemail, is it rude to answer their question via text? Specifically, I just dropped off a welcome basket to some new neighbors who then called to say thank you. Do I need to acknowledge their voicemail at all? Or would that be like sending a you're welcome note? If I have to reply, is it okay for me to text them back instead of calling? What say you? You know, I think it's fine to text back. <laughs> okay. Well, why do you feel that way? Because in this situation, our letter writer is just letting the person know that they received the message. There's no information being, they don't have to have a conversation about something. Right. Okay. All right. So you feel like a text is okay. I also live in a world of text. That's true. You are, you're a texter. Yeah. That's like a, a default mode for you. So I don't, the only time people call is if there's like a, a negotiation that has to happen. <laughs> Oh, that sounds uh, a little shifty. Okay. <laughs> I guess I see actually two questions here. The first is just the, do you have to acknowledge a thank you voicemail? And so I think you don't have to, but it's nice if you did. Like, I think the thank you voicemail, like, is a complete event. Like a thank you note. Like, we don't respond to that. So I think that logic, I think, also applies. Oh, okay. I would definitely acknowledge it. And what would you say then? Got your message. Delighted you enjoyed it. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, I think that's perfectly nice. Yeah. Okay, fine. The second question, though, is can you respond via text when you get a voicemail in general? I don't know. I think if there's no negotiations happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Friday works. Boom. Uh, okay. I mean, I guess I believe that we always want to respond in the same mode of the original message. So if you send me an email, I'm going to reply via email. You send me a text, I'm going to reply via text. You call me, I'm going to call you back. So in general, I kind of like to keep it uh, parallel. I see that. And I think that's, that's great. But I know this is also sort of generational <laughs> that, uh, you know, the kids today, they're happy to text, you know, for anything. I do think it's nice that what you said to respond in the same way that it came in. I'm still going to slip. I'm, however, I'm probably going to slip <laughs> it into a text if I can. <laughs> Okay. I think it comes down to what is your relationship with this person and how casual is this interaction? Right. So if it's just a like, 
hey, I left you a voicemail. Although it would actually be insane for me to leave you a voicemail, seeing if you're free on Friday. I would totally just text this to you. Like, that's not a voicemail I'm going to leave you, right? No, I think that this person is talking about things like that. In which case, if it's a voicemail that requires information, then I have to call back. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you took the time to call me in the first place and leave me a voicemail, clearly this wasn't something that you could send me via text or we don't have a texting relationship, right? I don't know. I get the idea that they're asking about things like, Friday was great. Let's let's do Friday. And then I could text back. Okay. Okay. Because you can't text back full conversations. Oh, people if do. If I have to have a conversation, I'm going to call. It can't be done. It can be done. But I mean. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've seen essays. I would call back. Okay. If it was that kind of a conversation. Now, how do you feel about the auto text replies to like a call, which was like, I'm busy. I'll call you later via text. You know, like Apple, the iPhone has the ability to like send an automatic message for calls. I don't think I've ever gotten one of those. Oh, I have. I don't care for it. It feels very stark. (laughs) I don't care for it. Yeah, I don't think I I would care for it either. No, you've never seen this? Like you'll call someone and as it's still ringing, you get a text from the person be like, I'm busy. I'll try you later or whatever they pre-programmed. No. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would rather you just let it go to voicemail. Like, I don't need this sort of text saying that you're unavailable. Like, I got it. You didn't pick up. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. I I think people have very strong feelings about this either way. But my feeling is I don't like it. (laughs) So our next question is, quote, when I got married, I chose to keep my own last name. And everyone in my husband's family knows this. However, whenever my mother-in-law sends me mail or packages, she always changes my last name to theirs. I feel like she's taking away my identity when she does this. That's not my name. Should I just let this slide? Or is there a polite way to remind her that I don't share their last name? Mm. Hmm. Leah, do you have thoughts about taking a man's name? You know I do. That being said, (laughs) that being said, in this situation, I always feel with our partner's families in something like this, I would let it slide. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is definitely one of your better options here. Correct. Because when you write them back and it's your name on the card or the return, you can put your name how you want to put it. Yes. And I'm sure our letter writer is doing that. Yeah. I mean, I think the first question is, do we give the mother-in-law the benefit of the doubt that she doesn't know? Or is this a pretty passive aggressive strategy to basically be like, of course she knows. (laughs) Of course she knows. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Interestingly, I Googled this topic just to see like, this is obviously not the first time this has happened with mother-in-laws. So I just wanted to see like, how do other people handle this? The number of mother-in-laws out there that are purposely using not the name, quite a few. Oh, I can imagine. This is happening across the country. A lot of Reddit threads about this. Yes. So if you're a mother-in-law, we're on to you. We know. We know what you're doing. That's why I think you could just let it slide because she's just, you know what I mean? I think you do need to let it slide because let's say you bring it up and you correct this behavior. She still doesn't like you. Yeah, she's, She'll find some other way she's do it to again. get at you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not going to make her like you. You might get your packages addressed differently. It's not that she doesn't like you. It's that she wants you to have their last name. There's also that. Because that's how it was done when she did it. Yep. Yep. Tradition. She's taking it personal. She's making it about her name, you know, as opposed to. So that's why I think just write it on when you send things, you write it your way. Yeah. The other strategies that did come up online is if you get packages or mail addressed to you using your not maiden name. Just send it back. Return to sender. No such addressee. 
<laughs> I'd be like, that'll teach her. But then what if it was something you really wanted and they just don't send well, it back yeah. to you? Well, yeah. Yeah, that's the hazard. I mean, I guess you could do that if that was like, if it's that, how much does it matter? And I'm not asking because I know. You know what I mean? I'm asking because I'm our letter writer. Is this the be all end all? And if so. Yeah. Is this the hill you want to die on? I mean, if it really matters to you, then I think you do need to have a nice conversation that is polite yet direct about why this is happening and how it makes you feel. Yeah. But I think unless you want to have that conversation, then yeah, you just have to let it go and be like, eh, this is pretty common. I'm not alone. Yeah. Cause I mean, I would have that with people at work. I would have that with business and friends, but with mother-in-laws. Yeah. that comes with the territory. Yep. But I think if you're a mother-in-law and you do this, like don't be cliche, don't be cliche. Just use the name that they want. Yes. Just do it. Yeah. Our next question is quote, My family recently moved into a house on a private lake. It's a fantastic house, and many friends have expressed interest in coming to hang out and go swimming. I put an open invitation on Facebook, so these friends are not just inviting themselves. My question is how to handle food and snacks during these get-togethers. At the moment, I assume they'll bring snacks for themselves and their kids, but I also have popsicles and lemonade available. Should I have other snacks? My kids are only allowed to eat fruit as a snack during the day, so I'm not accustomed to keeping all the food other kids eat, like fruit snacks, granola bars, or crackers in my home. Mmm. What is the menu for a lake house, Leah? I think our letter writer is so kind and generous. Yeah. I want to go to a lake house. They're inviting people out to their home. Yeah. So I feel like you can say to people, I don't even think you have to provide snacks. You're letting people get in your lake. I mean, what I would do for a lake right now. But you have, you have, I think to say, please come out. I have popsicles and lemonade available. If you would like other things, feel free to bring it. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is don't assume people are just going to bring snacks. Like if I'm invited to your home, I'm not bringing snacks automatically. Like, I wouldn't occur to me like, oh, I need to bring my own snacks if I'm invited to your house. So I wouldn't assume people are going to bring stuff. But yeah, if you want to sort of make it very clear what's on offer so that people know that if they do want something else, that obviously they would have to provide it themselves. I think that's okay. And you could invite people, you know, if they wanted to bring other things, you could say that that's fine. But yeah, I don't think you need to provide an entire convenience store worth of snacks for people. Or go out and buy food that you don't normally have. Yeah, you're not obligated. Because it's not like if people are coming in the house, this is like people are out back swimming. Well, I mean, they're coming in the house a little bit. But I mean, it's not like a sit-down dinner. No, it's definitely not a sit-down dinner, right. And I think in general, it is nice to offer things that you think your guests would like. You know, I think that's a nice instinct. So I think popsicles and lemonade, very nice. If there's anything else that you think your guests would like that you also eat, you know, I think that's perfectly fine to offer. But I don't think you have to go out and buy all the food that you think other people's kids are eating. No, definitely not. No. Also, like, come over. I have lemonade if you want it. Oh, so delightful. You show up, she has lemonade for you? What a day. What a day. You know, the only thing better than having your own lake house, having a friend with a lake house. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. Weekend houses and boats. You don't want to own one, but it's real nice to have a friend with one. I'm ready. Where are we going? And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We we start at a 10. 
And then yeah. we keep going up. But I will say the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it it, it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm, I'm so in. glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going to love <laughs> Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. Our next question is, quote, I am invited to a baby shower, and my usual gift is several classic children's books. Today, I received an email from the hostess requesting that each guest bring a personally signed children's book as the card, not the gift. I would still like to go ahead with my gift idea, but does it seem like I'm ignoring the request? Would the host think I'm a simpleton because I cannot follow directions? or that I'm rude to plow ahead with my own idea? Since shower gifts are open in front of everyone, what should I do? I often feel like I read a question incorrectly. Did you notice that oh. about me? And then I'll be like, that's not how I saw it. <laughs> I, I picked up on that. So unless I'm reading this, which I'm now leaving as a completely open thing because I've done it so many times, I don't see why you just can't sign the first. If you get people a group of books... Just sign the first one and then make the remaining the rest of the gift. Mm, interesting. Well, first of all, do you remember children's books from your childhood? Of course I do. Like what were your go-to titles? Uh, I'm going to remember the story. Mike and the steam shovel. Mike and his magic steam shovel. I'm forgetting what, <laughs> what? the word. Oh, it was this great, great story about the steam shovel who was getting technology out. What is a steam shovel? What's a steam shovel? Yes. Like they dig holes. Oh, like it's a it's a like a tractory type thing. Yeah, like a front loader. What's the steam part? It was made. It, she worked on steam. It was a girl in the book, and nobody was doing that anymore. So she was the last one. And then there was this one job that only she could do, and she saved the whole town. Wow, hero! Yeah, it was so good. Oh, okay. And then I had this book called Tatterhood, and feminist folk tales from around the world. <laughs> of course, you did. <laughs> and um, so it was all like fairy tales with female leads from different countries. Okay. That was one of my favorites. Of course, Good Night Moon. So Good Night Moon was my favorite. So good. And it's obviously, it's a classic. But I was looking into it 
And it was banned by the New York Public Library for like 25 years. Really? Because, yes. So it came out in like the late 40s. And apparently whoever was the librarian at the New York Public Library in the 40s was this woman who apparently was like your cartoon villain librarian, you know, like the the shusher. Um, and she had amazing reputation. You should learn more about this woman. I, mean, I already why have a full visual in a my head. movie about her. <laughs> I don't know. But I guess she thought that it was overly sentimental and it wasn't her taste. And she preferred um, Velveteen Rabbit or Peter Rabbit, which is interesting because Good Night Moon is also rabbit based. Like there's a rabbit protagonist in Good Night Moon. These are all rabbit stories. But she thought it was just like not appropriate for children. So she would not allow it to be in the library. And it was only after she, I guess, retired in the 70s that it finally made it to the New York Public Library. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So good night, Moon. Good night, Moon. I thought it was innocuous. Apparently not. You know, it's just no Velveteen Rabbit. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So so back to our letter writer. Sorry for that digression, people. I don't love the idea that we have this shower where you're basically telling me what gift to get. Like you're basically telling me I have to buy a book in addition to a gift. Like now you're telling me that I have to buy two gifts, really. This seems to be happening a lot. Oh, that there's bad behavior at showers? Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I mean, all of these <laughs> yes. children's gifts things that we get, we're like, what? Yeah, I feel like children's parties and children adjacent things, there's a lot more opportunity for etiquette crimes. Yeah, it's true. Meanwhile, the kid's just going to have a great time. Well, the kid is probably is not even well, this born is a yet. baby shower, so that doesn't <laughs> yeah. even, that's not even. <laughs> they don't care. But I feel like that's why you could just sort of move what you were already going to do it, To fit this format. So you're like, I'm going to bring two books. One of them is going to be my quote unquote card. And then the other is going to be the actual gift. Yeah, because that's what you're suggesting. They say my usual gift is several classic children's books. So several. So say it's three or four. The first one, you sign it as the card. The rest of them goes right back into the present. I like that. Here's the hazard. Everybody at this party is bringing books. The chances are that you're going to be giving gifts that are already being given by somebody else. Very high. When we think about the classics... The Very Hungry Caterpillar, Little Engine That Could, Good Night Moon. Somebody else is already going to pick that book as well. Get you some tatterhood. So, unless it's feminist <laughs> fairy tales from around the world, you know, there could be some duplicates. Well, then I think maybe it's time to get some tatterhood. <laughs> okay. So uh, <laughs> you could do that. Or I think one idea would be since we have a literary theme to this party, to give like the one book that you want as your card and then do something that is book adjacent. So like bookends for the bookshelf or like there are like book caddies that people have in their children's playrooms that you'd sort of shove all the books in and it's sort of like a little bucket thing usually with a handle that you can kind of take around. Right. So you could create something around books that is not books. That's an idea. That is a great idea. I read this question as our letter writer wanting to give the books and trying to find a way to make it work. But I also really like your idea. Yeah. Or give the books if they got to return them. Uh, so be it. Not your problem. Bought that counts. <laughs> <laughs> so our next question is, quote, I've had several situations where I'm not sure how to behave. Always a good start. Also, when you read this, did you think I wrote it? Because when I read it, I thought, did I write this? <laughs> so this is actually a voicemail that we got that I just transcribed. So I know it wasn't you. However, the feelings that this question brings up, I feel like you see yourself in this question. I do. I dwell in this. I dwell yeah. in this. So without further ado, 
Quote, I stopped by an acquaintance's house for a quick visit to pick something up. I'm standing in the foyer and she's already handed me the stuff. And then she's just talking about her Instapot and it's going on and on and I'm trying to leave. I'm the one closest to the door. And so I said, hey, thanks so much. Appreciate it. And then I reached to open the door to let myself out. But then I wondered, was that rude? Should I have waited for her to open the door? But then I've also had a situation where if people are doing the same thing in my foyer, it feels weird to reach across them and open the door to say, see you later. So in this situation, what is the polite way to end the visit for the visitor and the host? Do you always wait for the homeowner to open the door for you? Let me know your thoughts. Hey, <laughs> I thought you read that so well. And then... <laughs> Actually, as I was reading that, do you say foyer or or foyer? How do you say that word? I realize that I I say it differently depending on where I am. Oh, contextual. Okay. You know what I mean? Because some people clearly it's a foyer. <laughs> oh, if it's grand, then <laughs> it's a foyer. In my apartment, I see. It's not a foyer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. So, what do we do? What do we do about this? These I'm standing the, kind of in the foyer that wake me up in the middle of the night. Should I have not opened the door? Should I have not opened the door? <laughs> Yeah, no, I could see this being the sort of thing that haunts you as you're leaving and then the next day, then the next week, and you're like, I don't know. And then I'll probably text my friend, because the thing is, is that it's true. What's true? It's weird if the other person reaches across and opens the door. Very weird. That would just be, that would be like, get out. Nobody can do that. Yeah, no, that's very complicated, yes. So then it has to be you. Well, or you don't block the door. As the guest, don't get between the host and the door allow the host to walk you to the door. Okay. I mean, the problem in this story is we got an Instapot story that's just not ending. <laughs> you know, you know, we, we want to hear more about your recipes, how amazing it is, what it can do, what you made, what you're thinking about making. So th- that's the problem. We're trapped. We are trapped. You know, I would just listen to the end of the story and then I'd be like, oh, <laughs> okay. you know me. I mean, not everybody has that much patience. <laughs> I think it is fine to let yourself out. I think that's okay. I think what you want to do is do it in a way that doesn't feel like you're trying to leave, though. You know, you kind of want to make it feel organic. So you're telling the story about the Instapot, and I'm going to walk over to the door. And you're continuing to tell the story, and then maybe I'm going to just put my hand on the handle, but not turn it. Yes. And then I'm going to turn it and open the door, but not actually, like, pull it towards me. And then we're talking. And then I'm going to open it and be like, yeah. I mean, that's an amazing Instapot, right? Yeah. And then I'm as I'm saying that, and also it's very important to be moving as you're the one talking. Like I find if you're talking as you're moving, it's somehow more natural. So as you're wrapping it up and you're moving, this feels good. And then you're already outside and then they keep talking and they're like, so great seeing you. Thank you so much. But you're already outside. I love this. And then I think you're free. I wish that we could actually have this on video because I'm getting emotionally excited visibly from this is perfect. This is perfect. Funny that you mentioned it. I did actually practice this in advance of talking about this. (laughs) So I did pretend like I was standing in my foyer talking to somebody and I did try and wrap up a conversation to see how it would go with letting myself out. And so the technique of like multi-step opening the door and then moving as you're talking was successful for my little private demo. Well, as I'm watching you do it, I feel very like, this is perfect. This is perfect. (laughs) So that, that worked for me. Your mileage may vary. 
But uh, yeah, give that a whirl. No, I love it. But do you feel like this would reduce anxiety in the future for you? Oh, I think that's perfect. Okay. Great. I think it's absolutely perfect. Whereas where I'll just stay there. <laughs> Right. Until we're eight yeah, stories still deep. There. I'm still yeah, there. I mean, you're, you've joined them for dinner. Now, <laughs> now we have to use the Instabot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so our last thing. <laughs> I love this one so much. Not a question, but it's a vent. Which we have specifically so, asked people to send in and I'm oh, delighted. Please. No, we, we would love your vents. And you have them out there. You have been wronged. Etiquette crimes have been done to you, and this is your opportunity to get it off your chest. To set yourself free. Share it with the world. Share it with us. And get validation. We will validate the crime. So we'll do that for you. That's a service we will provide. Yes, Yes. we can provide that service. (laughs) So here's what happened. This is a story about an office Christmas party over a decade ago. Over a decade ago. And, you know, it's still with her. She still has some thoughts about it. I get it. (laughs) Our letter writer's husband got a promotion and they were invited to a fancy work holiday dinner. Quote, we were excited to meet the other more senior managers and to try a restaurant downtown we'd never been to before. We hired a babysitter, got dressed up and showed up 10 minutes early for dinner. By the stated dinner time, Everyone was there except the boss. It was a crowded holiday weekend, and after about 20 minutes, our waitress had us sit down at the table to alleviate the crowding in the bar and hostess area. After waiting another 15 minutes, and if you're keeping track at home, now we are waiting 35 minutes for the boss, we ordered water for everyone along with a couple of shared appetizers. The boss and his wife showed up over 45 minutes late, and we finally ordered our dinner. When dinner was over and the waitress brought the check, The boss's wife was angry that we hadn't asked for separate checks. Several of us had to rush out to an ATM because we hadn't brought enough cash and it was too late to have the check for our large party separated out. And the group made my husband and I pay for the appetizers because we'd done the ordering. We were angry, mortified, and could barely afford our share of the large tab. It was more than our weekly grocery budget. I thought I'd laugh about it eventually, but it's been over 10 years and it still makes my blood boil. How could a man be with a company for over 20 years, become the head of a division, and still not understand how etiquette works? Wow. 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 It is really rude. Oh, I mean, that's rude. Oh, yes, rude. I mean, I don't know what word to use. Rude feels too easy. Yeah, rude Rude feels like too easy. It's disrespectful. I find that when somebody does something aimed at somebody I love, mm. I'm even more upset. Like I'll hold on to things. I hold on to things longer if somebody has upset somebody that I love. Like this was her husband's promotion. Yeah. It was his big night out. And then they're late. And then they are like angry that the check wasn't split before they got there. And then they're asking people to pay when they know they're the boss. They make way more money. But also- Company holiday dinner to which you're invited. You are a guest. Who has to pay for that? That's not how that works. Yeah, no, I mean, there's so many etiquette crimes on top of etiquette crimes that have compounded. And then everybody decides that they pay for the appetizers because they were the one that took the poll? What? What's going on? It's like the Richter scale of etiquette crimes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just logarithmic. It's very hurtful. Yeah, I mean, it's disrespectful. It's hurtful. It's rude. It's shocking. I think it's shocking. Shock is the emotion I have. Because I was at this dinner and I thought we were having a nice time. And then I'm presented with the bill for a dinner to which I thought I was a guest. I would be like, what? 
Oh, I'm sorry. I totally misinterpreted the invitation. Also, they were 45 minutes late. Well, lateness, we know how I feel about that. Yeah. And to make them pay for the appetizers because they're the one that ordered. I mean, did they eat all the the mozzarella sticks themselves? No. (laughs) No. I also, it's also that the boss's wife was mad that they hadn't asked to split checks up top. What's it to her? Why are you mad? Yeah. What's going on? Oh, I had a thought. Was the boss's wife mad because the company allocated cash for him to take everyone out? And her idea was if they don't spend that money on the dinner, then they'll keep the difference. Wow, Nick. I never would have thought of that. I mean, that's 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 a dark conspiracy theory. That is very dark. I think it's possible. It is possible. Because who behaves this way? No, this is, I mean, were you raised by wolves? I mean, seriously. And that would do wolves a disservice. Yeah, yeah. Because wolves a bad name. <laughs> so what could we have done differently as the guest Could we have done anything? I feel like this is one of those situations where you're just so shocked. How could you have guessed? How could you have guessed? Yeah, how would you know? And I guess you really have no choice but to pay it. You have no choice. You can't be like, I'm not paying. You can't say that. And also because there's a power dynamic between you and your boss. Like that also makes it complicated. As as sort of an underling, you're obligated to sort of suck it up. Yeah, that's what makes uh, it extra unfair. Because you're in a situation where you can't really... You're like, does that have to do with my job if I say something? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, a decade later, you're still mad about it? Yeah, we'll give you that. Do we have a way that we could alleviate so we don't have to carry this with us anymore? Well, I think we can acknowledge that these are bad people who did a bad thing and that you didn't do anything wrong. Although I think our letter writer acknowledges that. I don't think she takes any (laughs) blame for this. I mean, it would be nice to be reimbursed. So maybe we'll send an invoice to them. <laughs> send them an invoice. I think the only thing that might make me feel better is to find these people on Facebook and hope they haven't aged well. <laughs> I guess that, that would make me feel better, right? <laughs> yeah, I hope their lives aren't going well. Yeah. Is that too far? No, it's really good. That's not very becoming. That's bad etiquette. Don't do well, that. Well, this we're doing we're doing it for your feeling for our letter writer. Yes. I have a lot of empathy for our letter writer because I've never experienced something this extreme. But I mean, we've all been to those dinners where you weren't expecting to pay because you thought you were invited and then it turns out you have to pay. Like, we've all had that. So haven't we had that? Have you had this? I wasn't thinking about it. I'm sure I have. Oh, of course. Yes. I mean, who out there has not thought they were a guest and then like had to whip out their credit card? Yeah. I am just, for me, it's even, it's not even the necessary, the pay, you know, obviously it's their week's budget for groceries, which is like so upsetting. It doesn't even matter what the dollar amount Yeah, it doesn't. It's more that they were late and then they were rude. Yeah. And, and then, then she was mad at them. That would make me even more angry than paying. Yeah. It's that thing where when you haven't done anything wrong, but you're made to feel like you did something wrong. Yeah. That's what that, that would that. put me over the top. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I think it's totally okay that you said that she hopes she finds them on Facebook and they haven't aged well. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I think let's uh, visualize this dinner. Let's uh, picture this evening and let's uh, visualize it as like a, a little bubble. And then let's visualize the bubble getting smaller and smaller and smaller until uh, it's the size of a marble. And then let us uh, visualize putting it in a, a bottle. And let's uh, visualize putting a cork in the bottle. And then let's picture ourselves on a beautiful coastal seaside cliff, tossing this bottle into the ocean, releasing ourselves from this terrible corporate dinner a decade ago. I love that. How's that? 
Isn't that nice? It's nice. Yeah, maybe a little far, but uh, no, it's yeah, nice. I would do a meditation, do. Nick meditation app. <laughs> well, you have a very calming voice. I saw the marble. I saw the glass bottle. Yeah, I pictured tossing the lady over the side of the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever releases the tension. The obviously not our letter writer, the wife of the. Oh, we know who we're pushing okay. into the ocean. I just want to make that yeah. a very clear visual. No ambiguity there. <laughs> yeah. So, if you would like to be calmed, we would be delighted to help the waves of manners wash over you. So, send us your questions, please, or your vents, please. Yeah, send us your vents. If you got something from a decade ago, bring it. So you can send it to us through our website, wereraisedbywolves.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or, right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.